From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. This is Eric Wakeling here with Matt Doan. How's it going today, dude? Doing well. I'm very, very excited about this episode. Oh, I'm, that makes me nervous. <laughs> why Why are you excited? We have a lot to talk about. We do. We do. It's a great, just a great spiritually enriching day yesterday. You just probably want to get into the kind of the real deep spiritual issues, right? Uh, actually, I want to talk about your heavy metal band. <laughs> I want to talk about Josh Simpson as the Messiah. <laughs> And I want to mention that we have our first sponsor. Okay, we got a lot of our lot to cover. first sponsor of the podcast. Okay, so, so should we do the sponsorship issue first? I think we should. I what, mean, what ads you, usually choose go, your own adventure. Ads usually go at the beginning. You want to go? I'd sec- like to avoid the other topics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. So why don't you tell us who you think our first sponsor yeah, is? Yeah. So our first sponsor of the Calvary Life podcast is none other than Kowalski Pottery. Wow, Kowalski. Kowalski Pottery. That's spelled K-O-W-A-L-Ski. Oh, okay. S-K-I Pottery. And that is uh, the artist known as Kevin Kowalski. Yeah. He told me even recently he was thinking about changing his like uh, his website to just like something like Kowalski Art because he's more than just a potter. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would. Isn't that interesting? I think you should change it, Kev. But yeah, but it still is just Kowalski pottery, yeah, right? So the, the website. Today's episode number yeah. two fifty three, seven thousand eight hundred ninety two, <laughs> is know. sponsored by Kowalski <laughs> pottery. So go check it out. It's a great. Yes, he does great art. So we just want to say to thank you to Kevin for supporting the podcast, and we'll be looking for some <laughs> uh, either cash or um, commissioned pieces of pottery, or maybe just a mug for Matt and I each. Well, do you want to explain how, um, like, oh yeah? So here's work? how here's how sponsorships work on the Cover Life podcast. We will. Uh, unbeknownst to you, we will advertise your business or company or brand, and then we will expect payment at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like blackmail. Yeah. Yeah. But if you love Jesus and, uh, you want to be a man of our word, you need to, um, You need so, to do this. <laughs> so Kevin Kowalski has no idea that we're advertising no, his wait. product on this podcast, but <sighs> he's going to owe us. He's yeah. going to owe each of us a mug. I don't think I, I might. I mean, I, I guess I can look up anybody's number on the database, but uh, I don't think I have Kevin's phone number. Do you, do you text? Are you in a texting relationship with Kevin? I do. I have his oh, uh, yes. number. Okay. Okay. Good. So we will. We will be texting. I want to get like feedback on this soon. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm expecting his sales to skyrocket after oh, this. Dude, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure. But that's not how the sponsorship works. It doesn't matter <laughs> if anybody buys anything. Like what matters is he pays us. Yes. <laughs> that's all we're looking for. This is a very self-serving uh, uh, product endorsement. It's just to get a kickback of a mug. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So Josh Simpson. What do you mean Josh Simpson is Messiah? What are you talking about? Okay. So I have my trusty notes from yesterday. Do you guys all take notes when Eric preaches? It's You should. So... So I've, I've circled and read a few things on, I mean, you can see, I, this, There's this is a, an eight by 11 yeah, piece of chock full of computer writing. paper. Yeah. So, uh, do you bring that into the service? Yeah. Or yeah. I you... have it. I have it in my Bible like this. <laughs> I like when you, 
I'm describing things that no one can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is funny. So, but I've I've uh, circled in red some mm-hmm. hot topics. I do see three circles hot and two topics. underlines in red. Yes. yes. Okay. Why don't you hit? hit so us. the first topic that I'd love, and I think our listener would love to hear about, <laughs> is yesterday. Just in your introduction of <laughs> Luke four twenty two through thirty, mm-hmm. you divulged something that I've never heard, and I actually would expect that ninety nine point nine percent of our uh, listener has never heard, yes. and that is, you were in a grunge heavy metal band. Well, I just sort of tried to describe it as a common. I said it's sort of a metal meets the Black Crows influence, <laughs> or like, or even like a little U two influence or something. Obviously, is in there. So, how old were you? This is like late college. Okay, maybe just out of college. And who was in this band with you? Okay, so this was myself. This is when I was at a previous church I grew up at called Ocean Hills uh-huh. in San Juan. Uh, I was with three guys. One named Dave Archuleta, uh-huh. who, who he's kind of like uh, Josh Wathen. Where so he was. At, this is funny because this has followed me around. So Josh, <laughs> Wa- Josh, Josh's name is Joshua Royal Wathen, and uh-huh. his like little like stage name or whatever, which I like kind of making fun of. <laughs> it's but not it's little. It's big it's josh royal mm-hmm. uh joshua royal so that's his but that's his middle name he's not like trying to like claim royalty that doesn't belong to him or something <laughs> and so it's then authentic middle name so allegedly. then the guy that was the worship leader of the youth <laughs> ministry that i worked in yeah uh through all my beginnings of ministry his name was david star archuleta <laughs> and he went by dave star was his like stage oh, name because he was yeah. trying to be like trying to be a rock star too right. uh-huh. so yeah star and royal isn't that interesting yeah that is uh, which are two sort of unique middle names just in general i've never heard either one i know and then uh and then that was his his sort of stage name so he was the guitar player okay kind of primary like writer of the the instrumentation the music okay. and then uh and then my friend timo kubota was uh-huh. the drummer yeah uh and then this other guy named andy hayden was the bass player so <laughs> Um, and what was your name? And then I was the singer. Uh huh. <laughs> and we kind of like we we were throwing around names, but one was like Remnant, uh-huh. uh huh, which is like very kind of cheesy Christian sounding, but yeah, it's uh, very nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, this is definitely mid nineties. Um, but yeah, I was like just jamming, just like hey, getting together, trying to write some songs and jam together. Never played outside of. Oh, you never played an actual show. Never played an actual show. So Dave went on to then start bands with actually good musicians. <laughs> and well, no, these other guys were actually good musicians. I should, were just not with, without me in the band. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and both Timo and I were kind of out of the band. And then he ended up like having this guy like that's when this guy, Eddie Fisher, was in his band for a while, who ended up becoming the drummer of One Republic. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. he Anyway. So, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's the band. So we'd, we'd get together and jam and play these songs. And yeah, we had this one that was based off Isaiah 61. So you had a and catalog of songs, but never were tempted to play live? Catalog might be a strong <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a couple. This is the only one I could actually remember the lyrics to okay. just like by heart. But yeah. I, I, everything that I wrote, I wrote down in my sermon notes I just wrote it straight from, sure. I still remember from like whatever that was like 96 or something like that. I'm telling you kids, like it, when you put scripture to song, it sticks. Yeah, it it's, totally it, sticks. It's amazing. Today's the day of vengeance of our God. Isn't keep, that kind of scary? Keep going. 
<laughs> Keep going. Do I have to? Yes. Today's the day to comfort those who mourn. Today's the day to lift a crown of beauty. And today's the day to sing a song of praise. I'm shocked. That yeah, that I got that into it. That remnant didn't go places. And then it's like, bind up the broken hearted. Oh, so did it change keys? Proclaim. <laughs> I just don't think I could sing that, that how high I just I mean, was went. It, but it was going. Proclaim freedom for the captives. Release the prisoners from the darkness. And proclaim the year of the Lord. All right, we should stop. <laughs> but you're grooving. You can feel it. I like it. Yes. I would I would go to one of their shows. You'd go to a remnant show? I'll yes. Call, yeah, I can, I can get Dave. Maybe we need to put something together. You should. I think, <laughs> I think my friend Nick Wrighton might have been playing keyboards too. Whoa. I can't remember if he was doing it because he All did the that. elements were there. You guys were from oh, South yeah, Orange dude. County, which in the early 90s, if you grew up around here as a kid yeah. in that area, there were a ton of Christian bands yeah. came yeah. from South Orange County. Yeah. So you were the next one in line, but oh, yeah. something stopped. Something stopped. You know what? I'm going to blame B. I think B was the Yoko. Yeah, B, B was definitely the Yoko. She Yokoed me pretty hard this Sunday. Like, she, yeah. I was wanting to sing that on stage. Tell us about and it. And she, I said, okay, babe, this is what I'm thinking about doing. I'm thinking about, okay, just, just, just hear me out. I'm like, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. <laughs> that kind of thing. And I was like, I'm thinking about singing this song I wrote when we was in college. And she's like, no. And I'm like, well, let me just like show you. And she's like, no. And I'm, Wait, wait I, let me like sing it for you. She's like, fine, go ahead. And then I kind of, I did that. And she's like, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> she vetoed. <laughs> yeah, she vetoed she's just it. like, no way, you're not doing that. She's uh, like, your kids will hate you. Everyone will, you know, and it, whatever. And so um, we actually didn't even <laughs> make Ella come to first service. She just came to high school. Oh, second because service. she knew you were going to sing? Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> I said, I want to do a little bit of it. I'll do, if I do the more like medley kind of part, it'll like, it's not like trying to sing. You know, yeah. it's like, today's the day, like kind of right. a joke. Uh, so yeah, anyway, that's, that's uh, amazing. I appreciate you going for it on Sunday <laughs> and I appreciate the lyrics, the songs of the legendary South OC band. Yeah. Maybe that's why you can understand why I was like passionate about that passage. Cause it was actually in my heart. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. We've been talking, you and I've been talking about Isaiah 61 and light of Luke four for yeah. the last like few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point I'm like, man, you're, yeah, you should you're just super up. passionate yeah. about this. <laughs> It was, it was, I call you Remnant, I guess now, because I know you didn't have an official name, but. The other guys didn't like that name, so you know, right, that was but, my idea. But this is your podcast, you can you can call it what you want. We could say The Remnant, maybe, is that better? Did you, <laughs> do you have any other songs you could share with us? No. There's got to be a, one or two more. Do you remember when I sang a song I wrote in the worship center on stage? Like a worship song I wrote? I don't remember in the worship center, but I know one of your songs. But you sang it. I sang one on stage in the worship center. Um, As part of like a worship set or part no, of a message? No, it was like, a, like at the end of a message or something by somebody else. Like, and it was actually, oh man. Is this back in like the celebration elevation days? Yeah, it would be like early. Wow. Like a long time ago. I don't, I don't remember this. Yeah. Oh man, what was it? I, forget. I do have one called In the Stillness. Hmm. Um, oh no, it was this, it was this, uh. Psalm 4 1, I think, or Psalm 4 1 that I have that's like, um, <laughs> I love it. I know. <laughs> oh, shoot. I get this is so bad. It's like I forget the words to things, but um, yeah, maybe I'll have to save that one for another time. We, we can save it. If we have a sponsor, uh, you can sponsor Eric singing a song here on the podcast. How about that? Yeah, there you go. 
Oh no, it was like in this song that like had this big pause and it was like, I think it was called In the Stillness. In the stillness of my heart. I can't remember if it was, ah, there was one like that that I sang. But well, I, I was with you up at Hume Lake one year when we were both youth pastors and yeah. you wrote that. It was a beautiful song. I actually requested you sing oh, yeah. it one time. Well, maybe it was that one I'm thinking. What was it again? It was about remember. angels. <sighs> See, I don't even, that's what's crazy. Oh, it was really good. Yeah, guys, are you enjoying this podcast so far? <laughs> Matt and Eric just walking down memory lane like yeah. two old men that we are. Uh, so yeah, so okay, so we'll, the, we'll the remnant. Yeah, yeah, that was a highlight from Sunday. Okay. That things I circled, and then I also circled Josh Simpson's "The Messiah." Mm-hmm. So you had said something. I don't know if I was not paying attention or what, but I felt like the takeaway of the sermon was Josh Simpson's "The oh Messiah." Oh my goodness, you definitely weren't paying attention. Wow. No, 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 no. So we had, we, you were using the example that, yeah. you know, in Luke 4, 22 through 30, you see the response of the people after Jesus reads from Isaiah 61 mm-hmm. in the synagogue in Nazareth. And one of the responses was, is this, this is just Jesus, right? He's yeah. like, Joseph's guy, son? yeah, a guy yeah. we've seen like living his life around us this whole like last 30 years. So yeah. how could possibly he be the one that's saying these things with authority? Yeah. And then you send this great line you're like that'd be like all of a sudden us saying like josh simpson's the messiah and you're like wait what <laughs> so i don't know i just got a kick out of that because yeah. i love josh and uh, i thought that was a funny example and i was i was actually trying to think of like who'd be a good you know i wanted to say like an example like that and i was like who'd be a good one that but I, you want it to be somebody that sort of everybody would know at the same time yeah. so that's why i went with josh because i think a lot of people would know who josh is right I was wondering if I should say Josiah Sanchez. That was the other one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. But I think more people just know who Josh is from like so many years of being the sure. high pastor. Yeah. Um, but uh, it yeah. killed. People were laughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 but in like a real way, that's what's like actually put yourself in the mind well, of yeah. the Nazarenes. That's mm-hmm. that's like intense to try and just actually believe that. Someone that was so around much harder. Us. Yeah. 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 Cause you never know, like what was Jesus doing? Was he still like was a human and he still probably was like a kid having fun with other kids yeah. and messing around and, you know, obviously like, without sin, but that doesn't mean you're not like playful and, yeah. and fun. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. So I know just even in my own family, um, I've had the honor to officiate my grandmother's uh, memorial service. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten to officiate one of my sister's weddings. So I've done, done some pastoral things within my family. That's been such a privilege, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also sometimes I feel like they just could care less that I'm a pastor in ministry. Oh, like right, when it comes right. to like, Oh, you're just, you're just the guy we've known our whole lives or yeah. my brother or whatever. It's like, doesn't feel like it's anything set apart or special yeah. as far as a leader goes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, that's, uh, yeah, that was that part. Do you want to talk serious stuff or you got one more on your little list? Oh, the rest of my stuff sort of serious. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like, regret that. <laughs> That's boring. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we let's get into it. We talked through Luke 4, 22, 30, as I've mentioned a couple times, but just so you, if you want to look it up right now, but the idea that it felt like the people in Nazareth wanted a, a savior, a God that was about them, that would meet their needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus obviously came for such a bigger calling than just his own town, yeah. his own family. And just, I just circled grace for everyone, right? Like that's yeah. one of the messages here is grace for everyone. Yep. How is that hitting you as you were even putting together this message and thinking through this idea of, you know, we want a God of me, not a God of we. Right. Right. And, um, I was just, 
reading the text, and I was struck by how they, after this part where he says, basically says, I'm the Messiah, the scripture you've heard is fulfilled right now, you know, uh, and then, and then they just ask some more questions like that. Their next response was just ask more questions. And then Jesus answers the questions in such a interesting way, which was kind of like in his Jesus-y way of knowing their thoughts already. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes when we see Jesus have these real pointed words to people, you can almost like imagine like that he knew those thoughts were in them already. Mm-hmm. There's a reason he's being this kind of like having this kind of specificity with them, yeah. you know, where he's like, you, you're probably thinking physician heal yourself and you want me to do these miracles. Yeah. But you know, I, I healed in the, you know, in the past God, me, mm-hmm. Uh, didn't heal like all the Israelites, but healed this one Syrian or Mm -hmm. didn't heal all the Israel or didn't feed all the Israelites, but fed this one Sidonian widow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, and it was right after that, that then all of a sudden they like get up to kill him. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of struck by every once in a while when you read the Bible, I don't know, slower. And so this is like a good, you know, like a good uh, time for us to promote reading the Bible slowly. It could even be, doing the handwriting, the words of the Bible thing that we've both advocated right. uh, a couple times. And then, um, but like where you're reading the Bible for sermon prep kind of forces you to do that. And yeah. you're reading it multiple times, reading like a chunk yes. multiple times. And I was just sort of struck in a way that I hadn't been by a, a relatively familiar passage, mm-hmm. right? And just like, oh, the flow of that, it kind of comes at an interesting spot. So then yeah. I think it just stuck out to me yeah. that, hey, there's some... And, and, and we know that there's this sort of ethnocentrism mm-hmm. in the people of Israel, right? Where they think it's all about them, which is definitely an issue that we all have, I think, for yeah. all time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how that struck me differently. Yeah, isn't that interesting mm-hmm. with uh, just the, the the normal human response to even hearing any promise of God is like, how does that matter to me? Yes. And yes. Is that, how does that apply to me? And how can that benefit me. Yes. And the minute it feels like, Oh, it's for me, but maybe it's also for a larger population or group mm-hmm. or it's not for me at all. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. What? And so, yeah, kind of your part, your point was like, Oh, they're going after Jesus for that part. If he had just said it is fulfilled in your hearing and I'm gonna do all these things for you. Right. <laughs> right. Like right. sweet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They would have yeah. been stoked. Yeah. They would have been totally stoked. Side note on that too, just with a slow reading, I think, we love when people grab the Bible into your plans and go through that. I think there's such blessing and benefit to mm-hmm. reading the Bible in a some amount of time. Um, if you didn't put a timeline on it, you probably just never would do it, right? Yeah. But that can lead to, oh, I'm three days behind, and so I'm just going to plow through yeah, yeah. Luke 4 through 7 yeah. in one one afternoon. And yeah. then you might miss some of these like subtle but really deep things that are happening. Mm-hmm. That's part of like what I highly advocate is if you're using like a, an app based like the U version reading plans is you can click if you start getting behind, you can click this button that's just sort of like catch me up or mm. or to like kind of like reset the date to mm. to where you are now. Oh, so that cool. way you can it's not catch me up. So you're not skipping, but just making it so that you're just almost like starting fresh from where you are yeah you know and then that way it's like okay you can keep on your rhythm right but you did you're not like four days behind now <laughs> right. so you're gonna cram because I, I hate that too yeah yeah, cause, yeah you're right it's good it's good to spend that kind of slow time yeah with it. totally yeah so anyway that's like some of that stood out to me because of that and obviously mm-hmm. just some like some study and mm-hmm. and, and stuff so mm-hmm. why do you think going back to the isaac isaiah 61 <clears throat> passage 
You think Jesus might have omitted the vengeance judgment part purposefully? Do you think it just wasn't included in what is recorded? Like it's a little bit of a speculation, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think that he read up to that point and then just like sat down, mm. you know. Um, so that was kind of like that portion was open. He read up to a certain point and then he sat down kind of intentionally mm-hmm. in that um, that part. It's always interesting because like whenever there's like a Old Testament quote in the New Testament, it's always like a little bit different. Yeah. You mentioned uh, that on Sunday. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's even and I was reading recently reading a lot like more around uh, Good Friday stuff. And it was like other pastors like tweeting out some of this kind of stuff. But it was like, when you read, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, You should read all of Psalm 22, not just that one line. There's like a victor, there's a victorious message in the next part. And it's like, God hasn't like abandoned, the father hasn't completely abandoned the son or whatever. But it's like very much... This was the cry of David yes. that also then led to victory. Yep. Um, so it's, you know, when you look at actual, um, where's the vengeance part? Um, I think it's five, four or five. Yeah, it's later. Yeah, it's later. Um, yeah, it's way later. Of Isaiah 61. Of Isaiah 61. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he sits down before that. Um this is where I get messed up when I read NLT when I grew up with NIV. <laughs> the words are a little different, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know that the words are a little different. You're like, wait, I can't find that part. <laughs> um, oh, because, yeah, it says the day of God's anger against their enemies Yeah, uh, in verse 2. Um, so instead of the day of vengeance, right. the day of God's anger against their enemies. That's why I, couldn't, I was looking for the word vengeance. Yeah, so yeah. That's where you're like, when yeah. you grow up with a certain, um, a certain one. Sure. Um, yeah, so he kind of sits down relatively early. But he also then wouldn't have said um, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff of what God Mm -hmm. would give. So I I don't know. It's it's interesting. It does show that the heart of what he was trying to say was the good news to the poor, um, freedom for the oppressed. Like I think, and sight to the blind, but like, it's interesting the sight to the blind one because I, we haven't been able to get into this on Sundays because it's just, we only have so much time, but you know, he talked a lot about the Pharisees being blind, yeah. like the the religious leaders being blind, and they need to have their eyes open to the the truth of the of what the law was for. Mm-hmm. That the law is to show a need, you know, mm-hmm. our need, and then and to show our sin, and because then we're our need for a savior is what Jesus is saying. Yeah, and so that could be like maybe more of what the sight to the blind yeah, that's was about, right? right? It's yes, it's we talked about this last week, but mm-hmm. it's, yes, it's physical as well but i think that kind of sight yeah. for from blindness is what's like more being talked about yeah. that kind of freedom from slavery or oppression is from sin and 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 death and and hell that's what's being talked about mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so yeah anyway that's yeah so it's <clears throat> like the, so the people in nazareth are listening to jesus in the synagogue <laughs> they're totally captivated it says they're just like watching him mm-hmm. when he reads the passage sits down their response is just ballistic <laughs> you yeah. know at some point yeah possibly you're saying that's from the fact that he wasn't promising that it was just for them, that Mm -hmm. the things that he had just read were just for the people of Nazareth or really the people, the, the Jewish people, um, the covenant people. So that was making them frustrated, angry. And then also maybe just stopping short in that passage. Mm -hmm. Wait, what about the vengeance for our enemies? Yeah. You know, we have this occupier that's in our land and we've just been learning and and, and 
and wishing and hoping and praying the Messiah would come free us from this oppressor because we've had an oppressor before them and now we have them and we'll probably have one behind us. We just need to be finally freed. Yes. We need to have our land that God promised and get rid of all these people, which yes. ironically the people of Israel are still praying still for, struggle. right? In yeah. some ways. Yeah. Um, and so, wait, this isn't the Messiah that we were wanting. This is not right. the Messiah that we were counting on. We right. need someone to flee us, to, to free us politically. And yeah. so, yeah, that's just leads this place of anger because God mm-hmm. wasn't giving them what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like he read the quote and said that, and he stops and he goes and sits down and says, today the scripture has been fulfilled, right? But I think they're like, wait, he's just stopped. Like, what's he doing? They're probably still a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. But for him to for him to say those things out of the blue about Naaman and this widow <laughs> in, in, from Sidon, right. like then that's just such a double down. Like, no, I meant it. Yeah. I meant to not say vengeance of our God. Like, yes. So you want vengeance against the Syrians and the Sidonians, but I'm saying, no, no, God's come to provide this kind of help for them. So I think that double down, then they're just like, oh, he did mean it. You know, (laughs) he did mean it. Just saw their hearts and and went after it. He's not going to do any cool stuff for us too. Mm -hmm. No parlor tricks. Right. Yeah. And you talked about that. You said the miracles of God are not to give you what you want, Yeah. but to show you Jesus is the Messiah. Yeah. Talk about that for a second. What what were you, it makes sense, but. Yeah. And we've been talking about this, like even just as, so we do these things for everybody, for the listener to know that Mm -hmm. we do these, these kind of like brainstorm sessions around the sermons, like after you or I or someone else will Mm -hmm. do the um, sort of study of what the text means. But then we're kind of talking about it a little bit with some folks that are creatively um, wired and, mm-hmm. and have some interesting thoughts. And so we're talking about that and we've got all these, that's a thing in the chapter of Luke or this book of Luke, like we've got all these healing stories yes. or miracle, all these yeah, miracle buckle stories. Up, everybody. Yeah. There's lots of different miracle stories coming. And so we're just like, man, this is miracles are really cool. I was even talking to someone over breakfast this morning. That's like, Hey, the way I feel when people talk about miracles is, like even on that grid that I showed of like, it happens some of the time, yeah. um, everything, everything happens some of the time or whatever. And he yeah. says, yeah, I believe everything happens some of the time, but just not for me. Oh. And it's like, oof, yeah, that's hard. Right. Yeah. And I think that's actually a pretty common, common thought. Yeah. Common mm-hmm. thought. And so we were chatting last Thursday as a group of us thinking about these sermons and just it was good. It was cool. It was, um, it was actually even, it was actually Ryan rail, who, which mm-hmm. is cool. Cause you know, Ryan rails job isn't to be a theologian, mm-hmm. but Ryan rails, the smart guy and he's yeah. a creative guy. Um, but he's like, we have to remember the purpose of the miracles, you know? And yeah. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah. that's cool. Like Ryan's bringing that kind of thought out. And mm-hmm. it was that thought to the purpose of miracles. Wasn't just to, to give that one person yes. a, a good thing to happen to them or, right. or to give them relief or whatever that is, even though that's mm-hmm. great. Their best life now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, but it, it's to show that, um, to show G- that Jesus is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. And so I think in, in a lot of ways, it still is to show that Jesus is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I was, then I was thinking more on that. I'm just like, what I feel like these guys got wrong mm. is they're trying to get God to prove himself to mm-hmm. them. Right. And mm-hmm. like they're demanding a sign is sort of different than Jesus choosing sure. to display his, his Godhood, yeah. you know, or whatever his deity. And so as he chooses to display that, like that's up, that's great. That's up to him. 
And even some people would ask for healing and he'd be like, wow, your faith is incredible. But these guys, like their vibe was different. It wasn't yep. like, I'm suffering, I'm struggling. It was so like, show us what you did for the other people. Yep. You know, it was again, kind of a selfishly, yeah. potentially selfishly motivated at least. Yeah. It feels like, you know, you said this last week in our conversation on this pod that Jesus sat at the Bema seat, the almost mm-hmm. the judgment seat within the synagogue when he sat down yeah. to, to preach. And it's almost like the crowd then is now sitting in the Bema seat against Jesus, judging mm-hmm, him, mm-hmm. putting him on trial in yeah. a sense with their question of a sign. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. Good words, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Don't buy it. Exactly. And you, t- you talked about, too, this idea that radical words demand a radical response. Yeah. Pretty radical to drive a guy to the edge of a cliff and want to kill him. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is like for some of them, this is their cousin. Jesus yeah. is their cousin. Yeah. Their neighbor. Their I'll say like classmate and they didn't have traditional schools like we do, but they would go sure. to the synagogue to yeah, study. Absolutely. And it's like literally having people you've known your whole life want to kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty radical. Kill Josh Simpson. <laughs> Jordan, if you could timestamp that <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, That'd be great. Eric says to kill Josh Simpson. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but I do think, right. Like, as I said, I, I think I can respect at some level, unless it was, unless it's more the part of it that's motivated out of like, you know, you wanted to help the enemies. That's not to be respected, sure. I guess. But if he's saying he's Messiah and you don't believe it's true, you should kill him according huh. to the the law. Like it's that right? dangerous. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so that was especially at that time that would be deserving of stoning. That's mm-hmm. like a blasphemy of some sort, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah, so that's like you should either bow down or stone him. And that's, so that's kind of why maybe I got a little intense at the very end of the sermon of just like, Hey, our response is to be on our knees, to have our hands raised or just leave. It's not indifference. Yeah. No. Indifference can't be one of the options. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like really we live in this culture where I don't know. Most conversations I have are like, Hey, Jesus is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good teacher, whatever. But there's like almost like this, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's not an outright rejection of Jesus. Although I guess if you push them, maybe there would be. But there's not a, right. obviously in a worship of him either. It's just kind of like he's just neutral. But it's like yeah, the the people in Nazareth they knew that was not an option. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was no. Just Jesus is cool. Yeah. Jesus is my homeboy. Right. <laughs> right. Good teacher. Good prophet. Whatever. No. Yeah. They're like no way, man. This guy's. This guy's a liar. This yeah. guy's, yeah, is, and this guy's an enemy now. This guy's right. a traitor right. at some level. It's like right. point no return. This is the right. radical message that mm-hmm. at this point, all right, either as who he is, he, who he says he is, or yeah, we need to eliminate him. Yeah. So they take him up to Mount Precipice. Yeah. You've been there. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it last week too. <laughs> and then uh, showed a picture on Sunday. Verse 30 says he like slipped him on the crowd. Yeah. That was tripping me out when you were talking about that. Yeah. Because you alluded to maybe he just walked past and everyone just like couldn't do anything. Like uh-huh, when it uh-huh. really came down to it, it's almost like me if like I had a slingshot and there was a squirrel in the backyard, <laughs> and I'm like, All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill it. Yeah. Uh, I can't really do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like someone's keeping you I'm, from I'm shooting. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. But yeah, uh, do you think were... they literally just like at, when it came down to it, chickened out, or do you think Jesus like just disappeared? Like what do you? What, I know that's, I, that's what, what the text doesn't say. The text doesn't say, and I felt like I was. For some reason, growing up, I've always read it as like almost like he should I say apparated? <laughs> should we bring that up on the pot again? Oh boy. No, not apparated, but just sort of like went in like a 
I don't know, just like a like a magical kind of, you know, blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, that blah, he blah. just turns into a mist or something and just goes <laughs> through them um, where he like disappears. Uh-huh. But I don't know that he just seems to walk through them in, in this context. But I was trying to think what like I, I'm not remembering what like the NIV exactly right, says. Like, does, does the language like give us some thoughts with. on it? Yeah. Um, I think it just says in the NLT, he passed through the crowds. Yeah. And I'd be just as he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. So it mm-hmm. just like went through them. But it's interesting that for whatever reason growing up, I feel like that's like this image I had in my head Yeah, was him doing that in like this miraculous <laughs> kind of way. Uh-huh. But I don't know if it necessarily was like, ironically, the people are asking for a sign. Yeah. And he like gives them this miraculous sign when they want to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if as a kid. So like King James says, um, he passing through the midst of them went on his mm. way. And I wonder if I read it as past, passing the through midst. the mist. <laughs> and like as a little kid and that like stuck in my memory. Because even when I was studying this, I was like, oh, it doesn't say that. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. you have these things, these memories in right. your head of like how you thought it was. And I'm like, wait a minute. It doesn't say that. So, yeah. Yeah. I just think it's like this crowd was stunned or even like he parted, like I said, parted like the Red Sea or yeah. something. Like, I don't know. Okay, and more impossible questions. Okay. If they would have killed Jesus, yeah. right, then if they would have shoved him off the cliff. Yes. Would that have counted for, you know, shedding of blood, for our sins? I know, huh? Would Jesus have risen from the bottom of that hill and, mm. like, resurrected and now mm-hmm. that's the way? Or mm-hmm. It's funny that we have, like, little, <laughs> like, little cliffs around our neck. We have little... <laughs> Instead of crosses on necklaces. Mount um, Precipice, people just making their journey up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre is now <laughs> right. like on Mount Precipice in right. Nazareth. Um, yeah, that's funny. Uh, I know because there's, I wonder, is there, there's certain prophecies I'm trying to think of that wouldn't have been fulfilled sure. in yeah. that way. Yeah. I know there's a lot of talk of like raised up, mm-hmm. but I almost wonder if we would have thought of like raised up onto the top yeah. of the cliff, yeah. you know, or something. Um in that way, uh, I, I wonder if would he have needed to be pierced and striped? And so uh-huh. I wonder if when he, as he fell off the cliff, he would have got like, uh-huh. like st- he fell into this bush that striped his back <laughs> or something. You know, who right. knows? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like how, because that would be the factor, right? Like, yeah. how would those things? Now, there's so much more richness with it yeah. happening at Passover, yes, in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem at the <laughs> yeah. temple area. Yes, yeah. yeah, all of that happening there. Yeah, for with sure. The selection of the Passover lambs and yep. just so much going on. Yep. And then replacing the pass, you know, yeah. with him being that that new Passover. So it's there's so much that would have been different, obviously, yeah. and not be the whole Passover story would no longer be alluding to. Mm-hmm. Unless he fell off the cliff, land, there was a shepherd down there, and he landed on a flock of sheep, and a lamb dies at the same he time. He the lamb. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I guess it's not really worth that long of a conversation, oh, it's but it's like, yeah, it is, it's it. just interesting. How did he slip through the crowd? What yes. if he hadn't have succeeded? What if they would have caught him and thrown him off the cliff? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe too. Like, you know, in those type of crowd frenzy things, like people started arguing with each other, like how dare you do that? No, no. And they started arguing with each other. And then mm-hmm. maybe as like everyone's just yelling at each other and shoving each other. Jesus yeah. is like, just kind of quietly walked away. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Somebody's like, no, it's not what he's saying. And then there's like, no, did you hear him? He said Syrians. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, that, he meant blah, blah. Anyway, that's funny. I like that. Or maybe or there was some guy in the guitar. Him. No, let's shove him. There's probably a guy oh, in the guitar boy. right then going like, this is the day of the Lord. 
Yeah, he he missed my favorite line of the song. Today's the day of vengeance of a god. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna get this band back together in some oh, form. Boy. I know not everyone's here anymore, yes, but yes. Um, but yeah, it'd be fun. All right. So did you did you get on your knees or did you stand up and raise your hands? <laughs> I'm definitely a hand raiser. <laughs> nice. But uh, uh, but no, actually, um, boy, posturing is just such a powerful way, isn't it? Yeah. Just to connect our heart, mind yeah. to the Lord. I think that's why we close our eyes when we pray. Like you have to close your eyes to make an right. effective prayer. Like, no. no, but there's something about the physicalness of like closing your eyes. Yeah. It's just super powerful and mm-hmm. special. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. What do you think the majority did? Dude, I think it was like pretty split. Honestly. Yeah. When I look back, it felt like it was very split. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people standing, but it's hard to see the people kneeling. Right. You know, I don't right. know. I feel like it was pretty comboed. Well, I don't know what you thought. It might depend on what you were wearing too, like <laughs> what you chose. Yeah, yeah. Like if you have a you have a shirt that's like a little like, oh my shirt if I raise my hands, my shirt's gonna pull up and show my belly. Or like some That's my gr- that's my struggle. That's always my struggle too. Uh, or there's like a girl in a skirt doesn't want to get down yeah. on her knees or whatever. Yeah. So or like an old person that's knees are going out on them doesn't right. want to get down on their knees. We had a sweet thing though. There was a, a woman in my life group who said that she was actually outside in the patio, and at first she's like, oh, "I can't do that. I'm not dressed properly, and there's like mm. concrete out there." And then she's like, "No, I, oh, that's I'm cool. going to do this. Like, I, I feel like this is a way for me to just, just silent my heart before the Lord." And she did. Mm. It, was, it was super powerful for her. So even that's one of those people maybe in their living rooms too that were. Yeah, that's, yeah cool. that's probably the most luxurious place to do it, though. Like, just on your knees. On your couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, laying the, on my face before the Lord on my couch. We did a controversial thing. This is going way left field. But okay, we, excited for we ripped out all the carpet in our house. We no longer have a strand of carpet in our house. We have some rugs. Okay. But it's just all hardwood. It was the original wood underneath the carpet. Wow. But you know when it's terrible is when you want to, like, sit on the... Yeah, it's nice when I sit on the floor. Yeah. Do you, okay, so I'm trying to remember, I'm, okay, I walk in, it's kind of like main, like living room. Yep. It's just one living room, right? Yep. yep. Okay. And then like to the, the pastor's kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of to the right. Then you got to go back to the kitchen, yep, yep, kind of yep. yep. eating area. So you, that's like your TV is also in that, yeah. that main living room. Yeah. So if you want to lay on the floor to watch TV, you can't like do the couple kids sitting on the floor no, kind of thing. You got to bring a blanket or something. You don't have a rug in that room? We do have a rug. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There is a rug in that room. Yeah. Is it big? No, not very big. Huh. Yeah. I'm sure, again, the listeners are really excited. You might have to, to make some different life choices. <laughs> <laughs> do you like how I just start digging into this? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we only have one room with carpet and it's Whoa. like our our sort of family room, TV room kind right. of area. Yeah. That's the room that has carpet. Yeah. Cause it's also nice sometimes to, yes. Well, when your kids are little, kind of like wrestle yeah, the, for sure. mess around the ground. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel sorry for dogs too. Like we, Oh yeah. We were house sitting a dog. It wasn't our dog, but we were like watching a dog for a weekend. I felt bad. Like just sitting on the hardwood floor. Oh yeah. Don't, Although my don't dog t- likes Don't that. tell Kate Walsh that it was her dog. <laughs> so is this a, is this a, is this a service you provide? <laughs> yeah. Is this our new ad? Yes. All right. The Dog Cabo Life Walker Podcast. Dog Center. Sponsored by Doan Dog Services. <laughs> yes. Canine services from the Doan family. Yes. If you'd like to have your dog watched by the Doans, just drop it off. Just anytime. <laughs> just knock on the door and run. <laughs> I'll tell you the address. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so what anyway. else? Anything else about Sunday? Uh, I don't a know. Great child dedication with oh, uh, the so Jones great. family and just celebrating how God's healed their son and 
yeah just getting the chance to dedicate him was really cool that was really cool i got a little emotional I just yeah like, i saw that yeah yeah that was great to let them talk they're like it's so you know for us even again listener this is always like hear the inside baseball but you know don and i having sort of started our careers here at calvary mm-hmm. as youth pastors and so some of these folks that were kids in our youth group kind of a long time ago yeah and uh now they're parents and they're full functioning adults yeah yeah (laughs) and it's like there is just like something and that's again the cool thing about sticking with a community over the long haul is that you if you've been around here for a while you would know them and and you know hopefully have gotten to know them and then uh just feel like you're watching people grow up and in their families and and, and you've been part of that together. It's mm-hmm. so nice to be in community over the long haul. Mm-hmm. And then for us, I think it's just youth pastors. You kind of feel a little fatherly sense towards, sure. you know, towards yeah. these folks. And so I was just feeling, feeling, uh, emotions for them. Yeah, and just loving really them. Special. Yeah, that was cool. Hmm. Um, so then, uh, yeah, so that was great. So it was, yeah, it was a good, good time. Dude, we have three emails. <laughs> That's thank exciting. You. I just want to say thank you. That's yep. all I need to say. Thank you. I don't think any of these are from someone <laughs> as a first time caller, so to speak. You know, <laughs> long time listener, first time caller. We have some. <laughs> we have some loyal listeners. We do, now. and I have not pre-read any of these. Oh boy! So I'm a little nervous. Okay. Do you okay. want to just glance at it before you actually say the words? Yeah. So, dear Eric, why is this podcast so terrible? Okay. That seems not nice. Boy, that's the actual opposite of <laughs> helpful. <laughs> no, I mean, this one's from Wesley Cummings. Okay. Hey, Wes. Hello, my two favorite Calvary pastors. Ooh, hey, don't, don't, don't select. There's a lot of great pastors here. Yeah, take that, Tim Nellis. <laughs> All right, what, is he, what does he say? He says, uh, wanted to ask historical context question. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hopefully we know the answer to this off the top of our heads. When Jesus read the passage from Isaiah 61, Mm -hmm. what would his listeners have been expecting? What did his passage represent? I feel like we've already answered this. What What did this passage represent to them in their faith? Was there an understanding of this passage that also would have led them to the harsh reaction? So I would say, first of all, Hmm. yes, this was a promise of the future for them that they would have held on to. And they would have held on to the victorious battle yes. kind of stuff, the war, yep. victory over enemy stuff. Yep. So um, that that's like why it's so ingrained in this. Yeah, those last few chapters of Isaiah, we call them chapters. Like exiles. Really are the theme of, it's the yeah exiled mm-hmm. uh, nation of Israel scattered and then with the hope that one day you'll be restored. There'll be this figure that brings you together and leads you to victory. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, he goes on to say, Judaism is ingrained in Jewish culture in a way that American Christians can't relate to. Understanding historical context for Old Testament passages and how Jews view them helps my faith deepen and gives me greater understanding of just how radical Jesus was in his message and love. Love you guys. Love you too, Wes. That's good. Yeah. So we're with you. I think we've, uh, I think we kind of covered that and that's good. Um, The Bible again was written for us, but not to us. So meaning that. We, obviously the Holy Spirit uses it to speak yeah. to us, but it was written to a specific people at a specific time. The for us, not to us thing is kind of like form and function for me. I'm I always know, like, kind of like, which, wait, one? which one's the right one? I know. <laughs> I know the principle. I know I what the principle is. Like, yeah. <laughs> for I'm sure. Sure. I, I have no idea. You could have said it right or wrong. I have no idea, but I, I, I think you said it right. Either. I think you said it right. But I think I 
at the how not to read the Bible class uh, last week. <laughs> Might have flipped it. I prayed it wrong. I think I wasn't going to say my anything. prayer. Yeah, I think I prayed it wrong. Typically. OK, so. Oh, boy, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's fair game to <laughs> constructively criticize as brothers, as fellow pastors, a sermon. But I think the prayer theology is off limits. <laughs> You can't criticize the prayer theology. You can't pray. You can't criticize God, prayer. God, God, the Holy That's Spirit between corrects you and our God. prayers. That's between you and God. He and knows the heart of what you're right. trying to say. <laughs> yeah, maybe you shouldn't say it on a stage then. It's Platform. Funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Wait, you didn't hear me right there, did you? Wait, what did you say? Platform. Oh, boy. I did not. I did not hear you I actually you said that. that on Sunday. I was like, just... Excited to have Michael Wells here on the platform. I missed that too. Oh man, I missed it. Uh, remember that Matt doesn't like the word stage. Platform. Okay, here we go. This is from, does he say not to say his name? This is, nope, this is from James Shook. Ooh, James. Going off of your comment on last week's pod about the need for Bible teaching, do you both feel like a lecture style Sunday service makes the most sense? In college, I felt like the classes that I learned the most were the smaller classes. You have the freedom to ask questions and get clarification on things right away. What do you think an ideal Sunday service would look like? Or do you think the system we have right now is ideal? Excellent question. Yeah, very good question. I have thoughts, but I don't know if you want to go or you want me to go. Yeah, go if you already have thoughts. I mean, okay, so I'll start with this. Uh, I think both and is the key to the answer to this. Mm -hmm. I think there's a place for the proclamation of the word in like a sermon style, mm -hmm. um, getting in front of a larger group and speaking in that way. We see even that happen in the scriptures of speaking to like thousands of people. Mm -hmm. um, now, then what we see though are smaller contexts as well then in these house churches or whatever. And I think like, and we even see in Jesus where he spent time with the 12 or the three or things like that, where he also spoke to the crowds, mm -hmm. 12, the three. And so I think like getting in smaller environments is crucial as well so that you can ask the questions and maybe go deeper and, um, or longer time amount of time mm -hmm. into like a specific verse. Mm -hmm. Like when we were talking about like, um, revelation or whatever, like the book of revelation. And so how we feel like would lend itself better to a smaller group environment yeah. and one that you can do a law hour and a half teaching with questions and stuff like that, rather than a 30 minute sermon. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one thing I would, I would say, yeah. Um, I don't know if you have other thoughts. Yeah. I think I have a similar philosophy. Philippians two talks about, you know, living out your faith, working out your faith with fear and trembling. And I, I interpret that to mean that there's a wrestling with it. Yeah. So I think wrestling can happen. Just as you listen to a sermon, I was listening to a, a sermon this morning um, through a podcast. I was definitely thinking through, like, do I believe that? Is that true? Or what, what would this yeah. mean? Um, so I think you can do that even just with your own <laughs> in your own soul. Yeah. 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 But to have other people to bounce things off of is just so great. It's one of the things, reasons we even do like this sermon prep where we invite a small group to come around us and we talk through a passage. Mm -hmm. People have different insights or questions mm -hmm. that we just never would come up with on our own. And so... Yeah, I think the ideal thing would be to have both. Mm -hmm. Now, the beauty of doing what we do on a Sunday, our format of you can preach to a large group at one time, is you have the ability to develop a thought without getting interrupted or sidetracked. Mm -hmm. uh, in my life group, that happens at 11 o'clock. We have a wonderful group of people. We have such great discussions, but often <laughs> it's like, okay, 
we kind of lost a little bit of the trail where we were going, right, like right, right. much like this podcast, right? <laughs> so I think the beauty of a kind of a one-sided lecture is you get to really hammer in a theme like you're saying. Yeah. And so um, I personally like that, but maybe that's a system that we've just been growing up with. We're used to it. Yeah. Maybe there is more of the dialogue um, preaching that could work in other contexts too. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I know. I, cause I actually do. I enjoy listening to sermons in my community. Mm-hmm. I know I've talked about before that I don't really like listening to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like listening to sermons. Uh, like I don't really listen to sermons on podcasts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I'll listen to, I like listening to a theological podcast, mm-hmm. but it's like a long form podcast discussion. Yeah, you know, like even if it's like a monologuer, but it's just somebody like talking about something, that's fine. I don't really like listen to other churches, like sermon stuff. Yeah. Um, but so I do think that there's something about also being able to, in a church like ours, like where there's a lot of people having like this time where, Hey, the all or the vast majority of the community is together hearing about one thing yeah, and then we go out and we can learn about other stuff or right. process this stuff together. And well, I almost dropped my computer. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, Cat like reflexes. Yeah. That's scary. Uh, but, uh, but like, yeah, there's a unity that's involved in that. Yeah. There's something cool about that kind mm-hmm. of unity. Um, so I don't know. I, I totally understand what James is trying to say here of, mm-hmm. of like that freedom to ask questions or get clarification. It, it does feel like you could <clears throat> get to a point that the group would be so large that number one, the speaker would have no fear of having to live this out with the community. So mm-hmm. in other words, I, if our church was so big that, Oh, really only half a percent of people actually see my life, mm-hmm. then I can say whatever I want on the platform yeah. and it doesn't really matter because they're not going to see me anyway. I think there is a beauty in living among people when whoever the preacher is, yeah. or you could, someone could come up and ask you a question and there's not like, right. you have to do 40 people to get to that person. Right. So it does seem like there is some number where it becomes less effective. Yep. And right. I, I can't necessarily like say with legalism this, that it's 2000 mm-hmm. and that's too much or what, but mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying? I absolutely do. Yeah. That's an interesting thought because it seems to be like, so some of these places that there's like, I'm just throwing this out there, like 10,000 people or something yeah. like really big. Like I, cause I go and I try to like walk off the platform. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's working. <laughs> and then I go down and I'm just like open to talk to whoever and I'll yeah. slowly make my way towards the courtyard. I kind of uh-huh. try to just like uh-huh. talk to, if anybody's trying to come up to me right away, I'll talk to them and then I'll yeah. slowly make my way towards the courtyard. And no green room. No, no, no <laughs> yeah. green room. I hate green rooms. Yeah. I think it's terrible. But so, but if I were to, but even when I do that, I probably can only yeah. connect with like five people. That's true. So if I'm connecting with five people out of a thousand, let's say, or something yeah. like that, that's that's not great here in our own environment. Mm-hmm. But if I'm only able to do that with, you know, 10,000 people, you're right. That's like such a small percentage. Yeah. Um, but it's also like, I mean, if you really want to talk to me, the line's not that long. Trust me. <laughs> you might have to wait in a line of one. <laughs> It's right. not, it's not like the book signing line of, you know, some famous person totally. or whatever, but, yeah. uh, yeah, but often you might have to wait cause I'll be talking to somebody and they're talking about something serious sure. and you will be too. And you have to just be able to be willing to wait a moment and let yeah. that like conversation finish mm-hmm. and then like stoked, let's talk, you know? And yeah. then, 
So, uh, but that whole, we, we talked about this before, but that whole thing of waiting is sometimes just feels so it can feel awkward, awkward. Yeah. But we're happy for you to wait. Like that doesn't yep. make us uncomfortable, uh, feel uncomfortable, yeah. whatever. Um, we just would love for you to, to do that, to chat with us about whatever. Yep. So I don't know. I hope that that sort, sort of answers. answers yeah. yeah. I, I understand the sentiment. I think it's gotta be a, or I think both and is really great. Yeah. Like, I don't even think it's some, it's interesting because even at some smaller churches, a church of like 50 people, it's still, usually I think the sermon is relatively uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like someone's not like raising their hand or mm-hmm. asking for clarification in the middle of it. You kind of like, yeah, most churches, you kind of like let that go. Yeah. Like in our life group, at some weeks it can get almost the point where you're like, Ooh, it's almost too big where you almost feel nervous to ask a question oh, or yeah. if it's like, or to interrupt, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does that look like? Is it five people? Is it ten? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the mm-hmm. ideal number? Yeah, mm. and I remember when I'd come to your group in the past, like it was sometimes it would be like two circles discussing the yeah. same thing or whatever, trying to make it a little smaller. Mm-hmm. But then you always feel like sad, like it's not like all of us together, <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. Huh. Good question, James. We got one more. Um, it's from our most annoying podcast listener. <laughs> Wait, let me guess. Mm-hmm. If I say the wrong name, though, they're going to be sad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, who do you think is the most annoying? That's hilarious. <laughs> you just trapped yourself. <laughs> I did. Uh, do you not want to We answer don't have that? any annoying listeners because all of our listeners are wonderful and great. We're so thankful for all three of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. James, Wes, and who's our other listener? Uh, it would be your brother-in-law. That's correct. Kevin McMurtry, our most annoying listener. Okay. <laughs> he actually texted us this week, you guys. This, this is what we have to experience as we, but he said he was done listening to the pod, or he said, you've lost a listener. Yeah, you've lost a listener. But then he proceeded to email. Yeah, he, pre- yeah, that was a straight lie. Okay. That was a cry for help. He can't give us up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had like, uh, we had like a family all went out to brunch in LA on uh-huh. Saturday oh, and, he, and he was there. So we got to chat a little bit. Yeah. And uh, it was great, actually. He's cool. cool. He's we great. love Kevin. So Kevin says, question for the pod. A friend recently visited a Presbyterian church for the first time huh. and objected to a majority of the sermon as it was depressing. Ooh. <laughs> this is to you. As a representative of the Reformed tradition, I would like to hear what Matt finds most theologically rewarding about Calvinism. Oh my goodness. Wow. He just went after me. Sorry to everyone that's like not Bible nerdy, but that was funny. Yeah. So, so you just love total depravity, don't you? I am a re- I am on the reformer side of things when it comes to theology. If you don't know what that means, it doesn't matter. Just love Jesus and chill. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Christ crucified <laughs> is what you need to know and risen again. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so oh, I get to say this. This is awesome. Oh, so there's an acronym in uh, reformed theology called TULIP, mm-hmm. and it stands for T is for total depravity. There's nothing in us that's good. Mm. The U is unconditional election, that because nothing in us is good, then we are drawn to God unconditionally by his grace. L is limited atonement, that Jesus' blood on the cross was only for those that would receive him by election. I is irresistible grace, that when Jesus ca- God calls us, we can't say no. It's just a irresistible. Mm-hmm. And then the P is perseverance of the saints, that we 
uh, once you're saved, you're always saved. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's a wonderful message. I don't know how that's depressing. Yeah, as long as you call it robot, R-O-B-O-T. <laughs> We're all robots, I guess. <laughs> what does that have to do with being a robot? It's total. It's robot theology. It's determinism. Oh, boy. This is just uh, you're living in the matrix, guys, in Matt Dunn's world. <laughs> So it's true. you can tell Eric's not reformed, uh, but it's fine. But you're more reformed than you realize. Well, because I'm a Molinist. I'm not an Arminian. True. Yeah. yeah, yeah the opposite of, of being reformed is not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So open theology. Yeah. 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 Not totally open and not um, not. Well, so I do be- because I do believe in free will. And I think Tulip does not believe in. I think Tulip is not conducive to a free will i mm. think it is is determinism in its philosophy uh-huh. Uh-huh. so that is that is my fair, personal opinion it's a fair attack this is highly this is one of the most highly argued things yes of all time yes <laughs> of all time yes uh molinism is a bit of a cheat that kind of gets you gets you both and that was Created by Richard Mullis, right? Is that how? Richard <laughs> Mullis. Sorry, that's guy. That's like a friend of ours that was a Spanish prophet by Ola when we were there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, no, Molina. So an old uh, theologian named something Molina. Alfred so, or something. Anyway. So, Kev, I'm so sorry that your friend, air quotes, mm-hmm. went to a Presbyterian church and felt depressed. <laughs> that might have been more... On, on the the topic or the pastor than the actual uh, <laughs> the theology behind the the church. Yeah, Matt's the nicest uh, reformed guy in the world. Normally, they're kind of these like Theo bros that just want to like shut everyone arrogant. down and be mean. Yeah, they're arrogant. Yeah. So it's a it's a strange it's a strange thing that Matt Doan has gone this way because it Whoa. doesn't seem like um, his heart would be that way. I've just read the scriptures. That's what, that's all I can say. I know. And ignored half of them. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) For God so loved the world. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, there is a sense. Yeah. Fun things to wrestle with, talk about on a podcast or at lunch or dinner, but ultimately, uh, it's not about me. It's about we. Oh Yes. That's actually what I meant on Sunday when I said it's not the Jesus, not the the God of me, but the God of we was not the God of reformed, but the God of Molinism. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but we like we genuinely as we talk about this stuff, like we are very playful about it. We have thoughts about these things, but it's really true what Matt's saying of what matters is the good news of the gospel. Um, Some of these details, like some of these things like even within like the strictest reform tradition to like all five point Calvinists, you, you still should act as if everyone has the free will. Yep. You should still act as if Jesus is returning tomorrow. Yep. No matter what your eschatology, like your end times theology, you should act as if he's coming back tomorrow. Absolutely. Like all that kind of stuff. So like all these like points of view should still create, like you should still be living out like the same like way of living out your faith. Yeah. And, even to be fair, yeah. the more free will, uh, I think, theology yeah. also needs to live out the idea of, oh, God is sovereign. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and outside of time and yep. um, and powerful and omnipresent. Yeah. So, Which is why Molinism is perfect blend. <laughs> it's a sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we Maybe hold I all those. convince you over time. We hold all those things in tension. <laughs> Maybe we should have a Molinism class. 
All right, let's have let's yeah we can have a Molinism class. I'll have to get Doug be, Brown to help me. It's gonna be Randy Harris, and <laughs> that'll be about it. Randy Harris will attend if he's in town. <laughs> That's gonna be about the, I the doubt, audience I doubt, for that. I doubt he'd attend. Yeah. Any more questions, or is that it? <laughs> no, those are the three questions. But it's pretty cool. We got three questions, so please, we yeah, love, we're in a good rhythm right now. Yeah, I would love for you to email podcast at Calvary Life. Wait, did I say it right? Dot org. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah put, that put the org, org. In. Uh, And then um, we, if anyone other than Kevin McMurtry, <laughs> we won't make fun of like we just did. So just don't worry. Like it's just because he's my brother-in-law. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and we just want to take a moment to thank you. I, I've gotten, I'm sure you have too, Eric. I've gotten like so many kind comments mm-hmm. on like doing this. Like literally we come in this room, we have fun, we're goofy. Yeah. Talk about whatever's on top of our, our heads, but. But just thank you. There's been some really nice things. I like, oh, yeah. I really like, I feel like I know you guys or I feel like I'm part of the conversation when I'm listening. So, yeah, it's been fun to talk to people about it. It yeah. does feel like people are are listening and engaging in it and just like hopefully having some fun, but also getting some serious stuff. That's our hope. We said it's a silly, serious sandwich. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoyed your sandwich today because today's episode of the Calvary Life podcast is brought to you by Kowalski Pottery. (laughs) And uh, we expect payment soon. And if you would like to sponsor the Calvary Life podcast, you can email us or text us or DM us or talk to us in the lobby. Yes. Any of those things count. (laughs) Uh, One last thing. Yes, sir. Can we just do a little what's happening this week? Oh, yeah. So one big thing this Saturday, we have the GEM Greater Europe Mission Discovery Day. So you can go to calvarylife.org slash gem to find out more about this day of kind of seeing how God is working and missions work in other ways uh, throughout Europe, mm-hmm. including with refugees as the 1040 window has moved into Europe. What are our opportunities to serve in missions or support missions work uh, happening in Europe? Yep. So that's this Saturday. Yeah. And then... Uh, Love for you to jump in. Yeah, for sure. Anything else? Well, actually, I wasn't thinking of that. I was, as the missions pastor, I was actually thinking of um, Thursday, if I could just ask for your prayers. I'm uh, I'm going on my fifth grade son's field trip to Riley's Farms. <laughs> oh, my. You're going <laughs> so to need it, dude. A lot, of, a lot it, of prayer for is that. Is that the overnight one? It's actually been modified. It's no longer an overnight since COVID. Oh, okay. But you churn butter. Yeah. You uh, do like some little play acting for the Revolutionary oh, War. Oh, yeah. I've been to this, dude. It's, uh, it's eight hours that feel like 17. You're going on the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) There's certain ways that you can be there for your children, but this is not one of them that we need to do. (laughs) Field trip driver, chaperone. (laughs) No, field trip, which is not this field trip. (laughs) This field trip is real. I'm just kidding. No, you'll have a great time. That's so great. Um, But yeah, you can jump into the Wednesday night, how not to read the Bible class. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Seven o'clock. It's so good. Yeah. We're going to, this thing is done so well. Like this thing's going to keep going at Calvary. Like, yeah, we're going to do this other times as well. Cause it's just like, I mean, it's amazing. I was talking to Josh and Christian about mm-hmm. using it in, in, and Tim of using it in both in junior high, high school or yeah, college. For sure. Like, I don't know. I just think it's got a lot of potential. Yeah. So yeah, it's really helpful. So yeah. I can't, I can't stress it enough. So Wednesday night, jump in Thursday, pray for me Saturday, come to our discovery day. Yeah. You got anything else this week? I think. You run in like a marathon or no, ultra marathon. I still haven't exercised two. Boxing. Two, I'm at, ski, I'm at ski 16 jumping. days with no exercise. Whoa. Yeah. We should have like something on the wall. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's been 16 days since the last incident. 
Well, yeah. how are you feeling? Are you feeling terrible? Yeah, I feel I feel pretty bad. I've been oh, eating. No. I've been eating terribly. I've been not exercising. Yeah, wh- I've been not sleeping well because of it. I still don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do as your as your listening audience? Can is there some encouragement you want from the rest of us? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave you alone in your corner with your <laughs> yes. Doritos. Uh, no, I'm gonna get started soon. Um, I'm I'll see. I, th- I think I'm gonna try to surf tomorrow morning at Surf with Ella. Yes. There's just been no waves, but I think. Yeah. But it's also like a contest, so I feel like I need to watch the comp. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, we'll see. I just have been struggling. So my my thing is, I want to surf a ton and then get a little bit. I need to get in beach body shape. <laughs> I'm going down to I'm going down to like tropical Mexico okay. in about six weeks or so, uh-huh. maybe eight weeks. So I'm you know I'm not. This this last sixteen days has taken a toll. <laughs> I've had some lasagna, I've had some uh, some chicken tikka masala. Oof. I've been I've been eating the foods. Yeah. Anyway, there's so many good foods. Oh, it's amazing. I do. I love food, which is part of why I need to be a triathlete because I love the food. Huh. So anyway. Yeah. Good point. All right. Thank okay. you, Matt Doan. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. If you'd like to share any of your thoughts, please reach out to us at podcast at calvarylife.org. You can find out more about the show on Instagram at Calvary Life or on our website at calvarylife.org slash podcast.